0: what's going on everybody hopefully you guys enjoyed that little intro It's just uh some chill music for this one but uh this is uh, episode eight i believe of the mike and jeff do a podcast still mike out with uh paternity leave he should be coming back hopefully uh next week uh there was a possibility maybe this week but uh the baby's got again a little bit of a sleep schedule so filling in for him is going to be uh, one of my broadcast partners it's going to be uh Big Murph, what's going on, man? How uh how has everything been these last couple of weeks for you? Man,
1: things have been great. You know, I appreciate you having me on again to help you co-host tonight and man, week 3 was crazy and I uh, can't wait to get into week 4 tomorrow.
0: Heck yeah, man! I know we—they still haven't even released the uh, broadcast schedule, so we have no idea what uh what games we're gonna be calling. All I know is that game notes are done for the first two games, um, and then I I still have to—I know I did all that stuff yet uh on Saturday, or no, was it Friday? Friday or Saturday? No, Saturday that I did. Uh, so yesterday I did that uh that little stats for that I need to get into at least the broadcast sheets of the games going on tomorrow. So that's, uh, that's something I still need to get done.
1: And you got a crazy hectic schedule, but man, those are going to be nice. We appreciate it over there in the booth.
0: It's, it's going to be fun. I I can't wait to see like what the, uh, how the broadcasters use that and work that in, but it should be, it should be fun. But uh, we got a star-studded cast uh, on for this one. Um, actually, uh, two of them reached out to actually be on this podcast because they got something they they wanted to talk about. And we'll actually start with uh, the AD for Oklahoma State, uh, Houston Freeman. Uh, he's he, uh, There's something uh, milestones coming up or have already happened. Uh, so Houston, man. How, first off, how's it going? Um, I know it's it was a rough uh, couple weeks, but it looks like uh, Oklahoma State has turned the corner here.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me again, Jeff. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been good to turn it around. Uh, got a nice win against USC this past week, and got the offense. It seems like it's rolling in the right direction. Defense looks strong. So yeah, we're we're happy to be back on track.
0: So then, uh, so I know you you reached out and here a little bit, uh, but uh, we could keep that for later later on. Uh, but you know, really, what has been like the one thing that you've learned so far through these first three weeks of the uh, CFSL uh, when it comes to Oklahoma State? Well, I
2: think. Uh... You know, as I said before, we wanted to show that we could play defense, and and I think we've shown that. Um, Notre Dame got a, got the best of us, and and uh, that's credit to Wookie. But to me, you know, I I think I just made some some bad calls there uh, during that game. But uh, um, and then looking at last week with USC, the uh, the run game was looking a lot better compared to the Notre game Notre Dame game. So I think those are my two big things.
0: Big Murph?
1: Yeah, so you guys are sitting right now, uh, one to know and kinda of in the a big cluster up there at the top of the big twelve. What do you got coming on this week? Without giving away, I don't want you to give away your game plan, obviously, but what do you got coming up this week that uh is gonna get you that second win in your conference?
2: Well, we're looking at uh playing Texas Tech, as you guys know, and uh, you know, they throw the ball really well, so um that was that actually happened to be one of the playbooks I was looking at was Texas AM. And uh so I, I feel like I tested a lot this past offseason. So I, I feel like I'm fully prepared for them offensively. Um as far as what we're gonna do offensively, you know, I, I don't I don't worry about the other teams defense. I worry about what we're gonna do. So uh we're we're gonna be aggressive like we always are. We're gonna try to throw the ball, we're gonna try to get Casey Alexander his touches too. So
0: that'll be the keys. Yeah. So speaking about that, I mean, now you, uh, you gotta, you let Dion go in the transfer portal and I think you got a, a good one with Casey Alexander. What, what's, uh, what's been like the difference between, cause it looked like, uh, even though he said he was really not used as much. I mean, Dion was a big part of the passing game, which it seems like Casey now is more of a between the tackle type of runner.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, one of the reasons that uh, Dion and I kind of decided to part ways mutually. Uh, was he was huge force in the passing game. In fact, uh, I was looking at some of the career stats at Oklahoma State, and he's he's actually number two for uh, receptions all time, which is something I'd like to touch on here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> uh casey alexander he brings another little wrinkle for us in the in the game with the running and uh you know notre dame they seem to shut him down pretty good but i think he bounced back really nicely last weekend against the the trojans and i think Brennan are keep that going all
0: right yeah, yeah so oh go ahead go ahead no i was
1: just i, was just like, I always enjoy watching you know running backs get going uh in this league, we seem to have a ton of offense through the air. So anytime we can see, you know, a guy get going, especially up the middle, get those hard yards, it, it's really fun to watch.
0: So without further ado, Houston, I know you, uh, you, you were kind of leading into it there with the receptions, but uh, take it away, man. Floor is yours. Did we lose him?
1: I don't know. Houston, you still got us.
0: Uh, you might have to leave the call then come back in. Um, but hopefully it gets figured out. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's uh like he's talking. Yeah, there he
2: is. Oh, hey, I apologize about that. <laughs> uh, Discord decided to update for me, and uh, yeah, so. Um, I heard everything you guys said. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the, one of the things I wanted to discuss was that, uh, one of our wide receivers has a big milestone for a career coming up and, uh, that's receptions, all time receptions leader, Ethan Martin. Um, I don't think a lot of people have talked about it yet, but he is now 10 receptions away from joining the top five in CFSL history. And uh, which is kind of big when you look at, you know, those names that are in that top five, um, you've got Jimmy Tickle, who's a running back and then Jackson James, um, who's a uh, one of the best tight ends ever. So, you know, with Martin coming up on here, it's kind of cool to see another an actual uh, receiver in there in the mix but uh this week he could have the opportunity to pass Jackson James at 245 career receptions and get into that top 5. So I'm really excited about that. Is and, he uh, is he in his last season? He is not. He is just a junior, guys. Okay. He is he going to shatter this record. <laughs> um, so
0: potentially I, potentially we could have our first 300 reception person in the CFL.
2: Absolutely, and he would just—he would be just the um, I guess it's the third receiver in the top receptions list because Derek Gray is a tight end. Yep. Uh, then he's got 289. That's number one. Uh, 286 is Jared Tatonis. 249 is tied. Scooby Lewis, former Texas wide receiver, and Jimmy Tickle, running back, and then uh, tight end Jackson James is at 245. Nice.
0: Yeah. So. I, that that's something. Uh... That I had I haven't even looked into yet uh, because I'm gonna I mean doing all these game notes they all seem to add up and whatnot so finding some records like this is kind of hard outside of you know the bigger ones and stuff like that but this is gonna this is something that along with the sacks with Nick Harley and Michael Kruger uh, and the tackle for loss where we could have a hundred tackle for loss uh, by the end of the season. This is another one that people at the CFSL need to look out for.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, this definitely looks like it could be fun just looking at his you know three games this year so far, eight, seven, and twelve receptions. So yeah, definitely could be looking at it already here in week four. That would be big fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I fully anticipate that um if we happen to make the playoffs and go on a little run there, he may actually pass it by the end of this season, um, and then uh, you know have a whole another season to to load up on that with another seventy to ninety receptions,
0: and potentially take a uh, Texas player off the top of a ranking.
2: Yeah. So uh, there's
0: nothing wrong with that.
2: No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Texas has got too many guys up there at the top of the leaderboard.
0: So how, I mean, so how is that, like, what, um, I mean, I know he's not fairly active in, like, leak chat and whatnot, but have you gotten a sense for, like, how how this would mean to maybe just, I, maybe not too much to, to you per se, but to, uh, you know, to Oklahoma State, since you, I mean, he, he's been there since you pretty much got the team, and to have somebody like this be up there, is this, Pretty much like the the pinnacle for you, even though it's not a championship yet.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really glad you asked that because uh, that was something I wanted to talk about. Was that you know Bucknut? Uh, that's who Ethan Martin Martin is on Discord. He uh, he isn't real active in League Chat. He's he's got other duties that kind of keeps him away from the league sometimes. But um, the first thing he said to me when I recruited him was. Hey, Coach, I, I want to be the best ever. And uh, it wasn't in that cocky way. It wasn't in that way that was kind of a dream. He was like, I want to be the best ever, and this is how I want to do it. And uh, so for me, it's not just like seeing him through to this, but it's also, hey, I made a promise to you, and I kept it, and here we are. We're finally just about to get there. We're on the cusp of this. So I'm, I'm really fr- – work into his player um, and, and he's been a lot of fun, you know, life just gets busy. um, And, and that was part of the issue with him right now. He's just busy and he can't be in there all the time, but he shows up for all of our games. So that's always a lot of fun.
0: I like that. I like that. And I hope, uh, I hope he's able to, because, you know, records uh, I believe are always meant to be broken. And, you know, if we can, if we can have someone break that and get, to 300 career receptions, I'm always big on, you know, the CFSL and having uh, pretty much all these records kind of drop. I mean, we saw it with sacks. I mean, pretty much the the record was in the 40s and 50s, and now all of a sudden it's going to get up there. And uh, now we're going to have somebody who's going to probably hit 100 and whatever tackles for loss, and now getting up to seeing somebody with 300 receptions That that's big. I mean, it also goes to show that, uh, you know, it it pays to be on a team where you know you can get into the playoffs because that will help you as well. So uh, I appreciate that, uh, Houston, and we'll be coming back to you in a little bit, unless you got something else you want to finish up with. Okay, so let's uh, let's now go to D'Lo hill uh also known as curtis andrews who's having an absolute phenomenal season leading the way for texas tech and surprising probably a lot of people with how texas tech has come out these first three weeks and you know he had a six rushing touchdown game uh the first of his career and all that good stuff that comes with it so d man how's it going
3: oh it's going all right man how you doing
0: you know just just hanging in there right now you know just finishing up watching some nfl action but you know for you uh you were with miami ohio and then there was you went to a receiver and now you're a quarterback again so how has the cfl been for you throughout your career i know there was a lot of ups there's a lot of downs but how has it been going
3: yeah it's been it's been rough uh Definitely, definitely as a quarterback, uh, I went through my first seasons at Michigan as a wide receiver uh, before my player graduated. It was a lot easier than a lot less players in the league, but there's just so many people in the league now since I've got here, and just just to get on Miami, Ohio, was hard enough to get recruited there, and uh, the transfer portal was really rough. Only one. Mac quarterback ended up making it into the CSFL and uh, that was Ohio's quarterback and uh, I put up impressive stat lines through my time in the Mac at Miami Ohio I went in the record books uh, five rushing touchdowns against Bowling Green and I went to Bowling Green actually the next season after trying to transfer out I had some I had a very consistent performance there you could say very smart with the ball and it was kind of unfortunate not to get into the CSFL the second time I tried to transfer through and uh, I'm thankful that I got that free year as a wide receiver at Washington State because it set me up for the opportunity to be where I am at Texas Tech right now and it's it's amazing to be in the CSFL and finally show off the potential that I have, and it's it's been a blast, and I'm looking forward to uh, my junior and senior year coming up after this year. There's definitely a lot that I can still do, and I'm in the record books, and I look to be in it in it some more in the future.
1: Yeah, so I know when I came in, I was watching uh, Curtis Andrews at Miami of Ohio as a broadcaster. Um, I always loved calling some of those MAG games. And uh, you mentioned getting, you know, having a little bit of a hard year coming in with Wazoo, winding up playing receiver. And now that you're at Texas Tech, and now that you've got this season moving forward, what are your expectations for Curtis Andrew as you go forward through the rest of the season?
3: Uh, well, I definitely have a few more upgrades that I plan to make um, throughout this year. So my potential isn't maxed out yet. So what you saw against uh, Oklahoma, uh, we didn't come out on top of that game. Uh, there was a lot of drop passes that uh, I made decent throws on. I'm not going to throw my wide receiver core under the bus. They did a, they've done a terrific job for me all season. But I feel like there's some minor things that I can touch up on to be a little bit smarter and moving forward with texas tech you know we we have a talented roster uh coach has been putting in a lot of hours i mean you see the improvement that we've made on the field surprising everybody so far to be this far up in the order i mean if you would have said that texas tech would have been the like in the running for a possible big 12 championship and a top 10 team they probably wouldn't have believed you and i probably wouldn't have believed you at the beginning of the year either but i'm i'm pretty happy with how it's gone so far and for the future i can't really say i don't know if the sims are going to turn into our favor but what i can say is that my player has not reached his full potential yet and there's better things to come for me and more improvement to come for the texas tech team in the future
0: i like that you sound like uh like you're you're humble you you know exactly what's happening you know like kind of what you need to work on um what has been what was well what has been like the the thing that has kind of kept kept you going with, with Texas Tech because you know or what got you to Texas Tech first off outside of you know just being a quarterback because I know that that was probably a big thing but what what was another thing that kind of got you like yeah I, I want to be the quarterback for Texas Tech.
3: Wait, can you guys still hear me? Sorry. I... Yeah, no, you're here. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh coach Coach Lank has been um he's been incredible. Um he's very passionate about Texas Tech in real life and that really really helps translate into the locker room and the kind of vision that he has for Texas Tech. And I feel like I fit in well here at Texas Tech because I'm really a team leader, and I'm very passionate about trying and improving my team the best that I can. And I know that even if I'm the best quarterback in the league, I can't do it without a team that surrounds me, and I can't be happy at a team without a good environment. And the locker room at Texas Tech is just amazing. Uh, It's a group of amazing guys. Coach puts in so much effort for us. And even when we lose, it's not – that big of a deal. I mean, the wide receivers were a little upset at their performance last last week, but we always bounce right back. We all, we're always having fun. And I think the environment, the just community that we have there is really what's keeping me in there. And, uh, I mean, once I started to experience Texas Tech and what it was and I saw Coach's passion for this team and I knew that I could share that passion with him, I – made a promise that I was gonna stay at Texas Tech throughout my time in the CSFL and uh once I make a promise I'm I'm not gonna break it. So uh I'm here for the long run. Even if we have down times, I'm gonna stick with it because I truly believe in our coach and uh the improvements that he made this year. I mean even if it doesn't work out in our favor this year, next year, once we get the recruiting and we get even more guys, even more talented guys in here, young freshmen willing to put it all on the line for the team. You know, I really feel like in the next couple of years, we're going to have a really good shot to be the best team in the CSFL for sure.
1: You guys are, are putting up points, you know, pretty regularly this season and your passing yards, you know, you're, you're very, you've been consistent all season long. So I don't doubt you at all when you say that things are only looking up for Texas Tech, but this week, and I'm sure we'll we'll kind of preview week four. I'm sure here in a little bit, but this week you guys got a big test against Oklahoma State. Give me a little, just a little look going forward here for this week.
3: Um. Well, Texas. Te- well, I'm sorry. Oklahoma State <laughs> is always a always a tough team. Um. They're n- like. They're never really too high in the rankings. Like They're always really competitive, and you can never take a game against them lightly. Uh, They're having a really good year this year. Um, They have a lot of talent on their roster. Um, Their coach is doing absolutely incredible. As you know, they have a wide receiver that's doing absolutely amazing this year throughout his entire career, and he's always going to be a threat. And if your defense isn't prepared to take on the onslaught that is Oklahoma State's offense, you're not going to be able to be successful against them. And uh, with my offense, I feel like last week we had a unlucky showing against Oklahoma. It could have definitely went either way. Um, we had a lot of drops that could have been worked on, and I made a few plays. Uh, that weren't so smart in the pocket. Uh, There was times I should have ran when I shouldn't. So I think that we can definitely put last last week behind us and move forward onto this week and just try to execute our game plan like we should every week. Because last week we didn't execute it to its full potential and I wasn't playing as good as I can. So I feel like if I end up having a lights-out game, just stay consistent... Uh, the defense plays as well as they have been. Our defense has been incredible. I mean, Oklahoma's a really, really good offensive team. Their quarterback is absolutely amazing. Uh, their game plan coming into every week is just crazy good. You You can never play a game lightly against Oklahoma. And what I saw out of our defense last week, if they just stay consistent and offense picks up a few mistakes that we made last week – we could be looking good for Oklahoma State, and I have confidence that we can bounce back and hopefully get a win and make a run for the big twelve championship this year, and hopefully even a national championship, but that's way ahead in our future, and we gotta take it one week at a time, so we'll just see what happens next week but i have I have high hopes for next game
0: yeah none none wrong there i I really like that analysis that uh that you had throughout that. Uh, but I know that there was, uh, something bigger that you wanted to, you wanted to discuss on here. So, uh, the table's yours, man. Uh, whatever, however you want to go about it.
3: All right. Yeah. Uh, so after my time at Michigan as a wide receiver, uh, going into my senior year, I decided that I would fill out the, uh, AD application and, uh, The MAC was just starting. There's plenty of opportunities for new coaches to come in. And uh, I ended up talking to Mike. Um, We had a good discussion over it. And I ended up getting Ohio into the league. Uh, I think I hounded him for weeks upon end uh, because I'm a huge Bobcat fan in real life. Uh, So to have Ohio University under my wing and to have them in the league in the CFSFL... Whether that be in the MAC or the main stage, uh, I was really passionate about trying and doing my best to like translate Ohio and really, really push and make Ohio's name known in the biggest college sim league. I can confidently say in the world. So, um, I got into ohio and i was new to the league i didn't really know too much i was pretty inactive as a michigan wide receiver and uh when recruiting was coming around the window i was really and i was so passionate about ohio and i just wanted to try and make them the best that i could and there was so much new good talent more talent than we had ever seen in the csfl coming into a recruiting class in history of this league. So when I saw that, I got really excited and I knew that there was going to be big, like five stars and elites that weren't going to have a place in the CSFL. And they were going to have to come down into Ohio or other Mac teams. So I reached out to a couple of them and, uh, I tried to bend the rules as much as I could. And that was a serious mistake. Um, I ended up bending them too far and uh, I ended up breaking the line. Uh, I actually offered who ended up being my head coach at Bowling Green, uh, Rory, I ended up offering him a scholarship to Ohio two days before MAC recruiting opened. And um, I was really ignorant and selfish with how I ran Ohio. And uh this year, I decided that I'm going to try. I've really took time and made it a real point that I'm here. I'm active all the time. I'm trying to get into as many activities as possible, like the podcast. I mean, I like to be on the podcast as much as I possibly can, if not weekly, if I can. And I want to be active in league chat and uh, be a positive role model for every team I'm in. Uh, I've helped a few guys, a few quarterbacks and Mac locker rooms who are struggling with being a real leader on their team. I've helped them. I've contacted them. I've given them helpful advice on how to be a leader, how to push your team. And, um, I think that I'm finally ready to take the step and become an, uh, 80. Again, out to my coach at Texas tech and uh, got him to make me part of the coaching staff this year. So I'm working on the little things. I'm uh, working on running sims, adjusting sliders, scouting other teams, uh, stuff I never really worked on when I was a AD at Ohio for my short time there. And I've just really worked on my skills with communicating with people. And I've read the rule book multiple times. I've apologized to mike and told him basically that i've changed that's all in the past and a lot of people didn't know what happened to me you know i was when i was at 80 at ohio for the month or two that i was there i was really active in league chat a lot of people knew who i was and when i left nobody really knew what happened so i figured that i would address address that on a league-wide scale explain to everybody what happened admit my mistake and publicly show that i'm sorry for what i did uh that's all in the past and i'm ready to take on the opportunity of being a mac coach again i'm working my way up with all this amazing coaching talent that we have to find myself hopefully in the csfl someday on the grand stage i'm really really putting on a show like these other ad's have so far
0: so, what is if uh, if uh, you were to apply and they would give you a uh, a MAC head coaching role? Would that be okay for you to show, you know, on the on the scale once again, and then potentially go from there, or do you want a power three school right off when you apply?
3: Um, I honestly, a lot of people really don't understand how much it goes into being a coach in this league, yeah, and the Power 3 has amazing coaches who have been doing this for a long time, and they really know what they're doing. And uh, I don't think – I'm usually a really confident guy, as you can see with league chat, my player. I'm always talking crap and trying to have fun with everybody. But uh, I do not believe that at my current state, I am ready to be a Power 3 AD, I don't think I'm ready to run a team, so if I fill out the application and I end up getting a spot, I really don't want to take over a Power 3 team right off the bat. I'd rather take over a MAC team, uh, one that's struggling, maybe somebody who has been in the MAC but hasn't really had a good year yet, uh, full of guys who are you know hungry for wins, and I'd really like to come into a team like that, build them up, build them up again, get some good talent on there, and just see if I can rebuild a team. Because I feel like if I can rebuild a team to some significance in the MAC, then I'm truly ready to take on the Power 3. Because the Power 3 is full of such amazing coaches' talent. You can't just hop right in and be able to compete with some of these guys. I mean... You have guys that have been doing this for a while. Like, it's it's just impossible to hop right in. So I think I would definitely prefer a Mac team. Uh, if I went in as a Mac team that's already at the top of the leaderboard, I feel like I wouldn't have much to show there. I wouldn't be able to prove myself quite as well as I'd like to. So I think a smaller Mac team would do for me.
0: Okay, I like I like the sound of that, Murph. Uh, you got anything?
1: No, I was actually just going to echo that. That's, uh, that's an excellent answer, a very humble answer. And, uh, sometimes you don't hear the humble answers yeah. anymore, anywhere, uh, you know, in the league, outside the league, in real life, whatever. Um, so to hear just, just such a humble answer like that, it, it actually, it's refreshing and it's, it's great to hear.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I, I, uh, I, I like that. Um, I think that, you know, that, uh. That people listening should be should be uh, looking out for you, and I definitely think that you taking a, a role in helping um, strategies, game planning, and all that. That's where I got my start with Notre Dame back in season seven, and uh, you know then I became AD once some fallouts happened, and then I, I stepped away for a little bit because it was it, it it's a lot to be a power three ad and uh smitty can attest to that horns can attest to that asu can attest to that so uh um i think everybody here can can attest to that and I, I definitely think that uh, with that application, you you should get something. Uh, I I think it. I, that's why I asked you about the Mac. Um, cause I, I that's where I think that that you would fall. And then you know if you help uh, if you build up a team and whatnot, you look like uh, our, uh You look like Robert Davis out there at Kent State, and you got your own thing going. I think that's uh, another big thing as well. Um, do you have anything left to add or?
3: Well, I was gonna say um, there's such. Limited spots for coaching anymore because everybody believes they have what they take like they have what it takes to get in there and A lot of them really don't understand how much it takes and I've been around coaches and I've been trying to help coaches Through my entirety of my quarterbacks career So I really understand the stress and the struggle that they go through and I understand I was talking to Mike understand that there's limited positions and I'm competing with a lot of guys who are in league chat constantly. They're always active and they're probably ahead of me in the actual race to become an AD. So I hope I get an opportunity next year. And I really, I really think I could fit in and, um, there's such little spots available and I would be absolutely blessed if I could get into a spot and prove myself and redeem myself for what happened before.
0: Oh, I think you will, man. Uh, and- now um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch your ascent here, but I definitely think uh, echo the sentiments from what uh, Big Murph said, uh, Nate Murphy, a couple minutes ago. So this is uh, this is gonna be a fun thing, and I appreciate you coming on and opening up like that. That uh, that definitely takes something to come up on here and and do something like that. Yeah, of course. All right. So now I think it's time where uh, we bring everybody in. Uh, we're gonna start getting into what happened. With some football back in week three, uh, we got some good roundtable discussion coming up. We got ASU Julian, the AD of Oklahoma, looking real nice uh, right now. Uh, what's going on, ASU? How you doing? I'm doing pretty
4: good. Just running some sims, actually. and How about yourself?
0: I, I can't complain right now. What about you, Nate? Can you complain right now?
1: never complain just just go on and and do your thing it's 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 all good out here man
0: we we also got uh dt hall uh didn't really happen for bowling green against wisconsin although they did put up a really good uh valiant effort against them uh so how you doing dt
5: i was doing good till about 20 seconds ago
0: yeah (laughs) I, i i know exactly what you're talking about uh, okay. we got Houston coming back on. He, he's staying, he's going to be on part of the round table. Um, and then also we got, we got Smitty, the AD from Florida. Their offense is looking like they're going to be putting up 70 against whoever they decide to go up against. Oh uh, yeah. That's cricket. the goal. Crickets, crickets. That's exactly what you hear from the opposing defenses. And
6: that's hey, that's, the, that's the goal every week. <laughs>
0: That's some little shots, but you guys could have laughed. That's okay. Make me look like a fool out here. So, where do we want to start? Uh, Nate, I, you, you could start this one out.
1: I mean, there, there was, there was a lot of outstanding games this week, and throw, throw your team's game out the window right now. But what was, what was the one that you guys enjoyed the most as we went through week three?
0: You gotta send it to somebody.
1: Um, well, I, we'll, we'll start with, uh, Smitty over there in Florida.
6: All right. All right. You know, so coming off a, a loss against Miami, you know, I, I definitely wanted to see how, um, you know, they bounce back, uh, from a, you know, a five time, you know, five overtime, uh, kind of game. And, um, yeah, Nebraska is an extremely tough defense is that's just, you know, as long as I've been in the CFSL, that's what, you know, Nebraska for is it's just their defense prowess in this league. Um, so it was interesting to want to watch that game. And, and man, it, it was just a phenomenal game. Uh, went down literally to the wire, an interception um, by Nebraska uh, to, to get them in, back into that game and, and um, you know, march it all the way down to inside the red zone uh, to just have the clock sort of uh, wasted. Um, you know, it was just an, a phenomenal game between those two powerhouse teams. So that was my game that I, I really enjoyed watching.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if I enjoyed watching that one quite as much <laughs> as you did. Um, yeah, th- that that one that was kind of a crazy way to end that one, but yeah, it was definitely one of the one of the great ones this week. Uh, so let's yeah, uh, Houston, uh, how about you, man?
2: Yeah, the uh, biggest one that I liked uh, was the. Uh, Boise State Texas game. I mean, uh, you know, with me being the Big Twelve, that's got a lot of big uh, conference championship implications, and uh, the the ability of of GB to make a comeback and and win that forty eight to forty five. That's that's huge. Uh, anytime you can get a win over Clutch and uh, flex on him all day is, uh, that's always a good time. So, um, I think it. I think it's going to change the outlook of the of the conference because Texas is still sitting here with uh, no losses in the conference call in the conference loss column. Yeah,
6: that,
0: that, that's big, especially for some of these uh, SEC teams as well. Uh, what about you, DT? Uh, taking outside of your own game, what was uh, what was it? cup what was something that was a storyline for you for these oh. games here uh this week.
5: Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> oh, dang <laughs> Sorry, not the question. Um the uh the Notre Dame Oregon game, uh just because it's self-proclaimed or league wide thought of that they're the two powers of the Big Ten, so I mean, I was just uh, kind of excited to see how they both looked against each other and uh, seeing where we are going to end up lining up as the season goes on. I
0: knew you were going <laughs> to bring up Notre Dame and Oregon. Wisconsin's Horrible been bringing – yeah, nor, nor, You Yeah, anybody from Wisconsin's been bringing up Notre Dame or Oregon, it seems like, uh, for a while here to start out this season – um, let's go to d Let's go down the line. d what was, uh, what was a game that you were outside of your own? What's a, what was another game that, uh, was big for or a storyline for you for this past week?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to say Notre Dame and Oregon as well. Um, I watched league chat and there was a lot of talk between Notre Dame and Oregon. There's good suspense coming up to the game and, uh, Venom was, really confident that he was going to pull this one out and uh I was rooting for him to do it um it was a really close game it's always an incredible game between these two teams I mean if you look back to last season Notre Dame ended up edging Oregon 47 to 45 in an absolutely insane high scoring absolutely fun football game and uh I was really looking forward to seeing these two teams play just based off of how they play in the past and you know Wookie love, he's proved himself to be a decent coach throughout the years. Venom is a really good coach and I was just I was really looking forward to seeing these two play. It built up to the hype. Uh I'm actually surprised Oregon didn't win. They looked if you ask me, they looked a little more strong than Notre Dame did throughout the game, but Notre Dame ended up pulling it off, and it was a really fun game. I'm looking forward to next year. Maybe Oregon can finally pull it off because they've been on the losing end the last two years, but that was a really fun game, and, uh, yeah, that was definitely the one this week. What about
0: for you, ASU, outside of your own? Yeah,
4: um, uh, the LSU-Bama game, just because – LSU had such a great uh, season last year, and you know you're looking at, at them at zero and two, and it's like what's going on over there. But um, obviously they turned it around and they beat uh, Alabama by twenty one, and it's not a bad Alabama team. So like, uh, yeah, that was one of my that was one of my uh interesting things of this week.
0: Yeah, one of mine was uh, Tennessee, absolutely looking like a different team compared to the mm. first two weeks. Um, yeah. That's one that, you know, I, I, it's going to be tough in this SEC. And the fact that they already have one conference win, uh, as well as Florida State and uh, Miami, uh, Tennessee is going to be something that, especially since they haven't hit that threshold yet, where uh, they can still recruit. And they're going to look a lot different than what they did weeks one, two, and three. Uh, so that's mine. What about you, Murph?
1: Well, I mean, everybody kind of touched on the couple that I was talking about, thinking about too. You know, obviously the the Oregon Notre Dame game, the way that one ended with Oregon going forward on fourth down and leaving points on the board or off the board. But I think Tennessee Auburn, uh, like you mentioned, that that Tennessee team, uh, the line was set at what they were seventeen point underdogs going into that ball game, yeah, on the road lost, against they lost Auburn. a
0: lot of people money
1: yeah absolutely. And, and I mean, I tell you what they they went in there and they took care of business. they looked really good all game long from start to finish. I mean if they can continue to play like that, you, you gotta watch out for Tennessee moving forward.
0: Yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be something to look out for. uh let's go through um so we got a couple players of the week uh voting up to uh yesterday. No, today I think it went up. Uh so far uh somebody shout out. Do you want to start with offensive or defensive? Offensive. All right, offensive. So, all right. So we'll start with the <laughs> offense and uh so for the offense you had Quarterback Justin Morris Jr. from LSU. He was 39 of 49, 111, 411 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions, 16 carries for 111 yards, and one rushing touchdown in the win over Alabama. Zach Stone, another one. He's he's coming up. He him and uh, Joe Idol are now tied for Alabama total touched uh, total receiving touchdowns in their career. Uh, He had five receptions, 155 yards, three touchdowns, and a losing effort to LSU. Next was Levante Griffin coming over in the transfer portal to Iowa. He had 11 receptions, 178 yards, and three touchdowns in the uh, the walk-in-the-park win against NIU. Next was Ryan Smith from Boise State in a losing effort to Texas. He was 32, of 45, 451 yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions. Then you had Oliver Cabot, the tight, the tight end from Texas, who absolutely was exactly what got the job done for Texas. He had 11 receptions, 190 yards, two touchdowns in the win over Boise in overtime. Then you had Terrell Allen from Eastern Michigan in Uh, a YouTube game that on Friday that I don't know if a lot of people watched. He was 68 of 82 for 681 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. He broke the record for completions and attempts in a game and was third in passing yards in the CFSL. Absolutely bonkers. Uh, So uh, without giving away, like unless you want to say who you voted for, how do you stack up these six that are on this ballot? We'll start with ASU this time.
4: Um, everybody obviously had a great, you know, that's why uh, they're here. That being said, I don't know, man. I just, watching that Texas game, I just, Oliver looked like a monster the entire game. It was absolutely insane. He, just because it's so unique, it's tight end just being up there. I just, he got my vote. I'll just say
0: all right, what about you Dilo?
3: All right. Um <laughs> as much as this pains me to say and as much as I really really hope it don't happen because I absolutely loved being the offensive player of the week in the MAC, I'm going to go with Terrell Allen and absolutely incredible game. I mean 681 yards, seven touchdowns. I knew I know he threw two interceptions. But those stats, I mean, he threw 61 attempts. Well, 82 attempts, sorry. He completed 61. That's really good for the amount of attempts he threw. And even with the two interceptions, that absolutely incredible offensive performance. I mean, he won the game for Eastern Michigan for sure. The defense was could not stop Ohio. And without that offensive onslaught from him, they wouldn't have been able to pull it off and I mean to break two records in a game that that's absolutely incredible especially from a Mac quarterback and uh I, I definitely have to give it to him as much as I it pains me to say it
0: yeah <laughs> no problem uh what about Houston
2: yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna counter d with that um I, I've been thinking about this all, all weekend, actually. actually and uh, my, my player of the week, I, I'll be honest, I voted for Oliver Kabat. Um I agree yeah. with everything ASU said. Um, wild game for a tight end. You don't see that a lot anymore from tight ends, especially now that they, they're they not allowed to be in that slot position anymore. Uh, but Carell Allen for EMU, you know, um, uh, it, it always comes back to me whether or not I really feel like I can vote for a Mac player, and, and I don't want to take anything away from Terrell Allen. 61 of 82, 681 yards and seven touchdowns, super proud. Don't care about the week player of the week. That guy, he needs to care about the scholarship offer that he's going to get. He just earned a scholarship offer for next year. I don't give a crap about his player of the week award. I don't think necessarily that he deserves to win that player of the week just because it's Mac competition. But again, he got himself a scholarship and that's what's most important.
0: All right. I like that. What about uh DT hall? Let's get you back in here.
5: I went with O man on it just because he was a tight end to put up major stats. Um, as far as Allen's concerned, he he broke two records last week, but I don't foresee him breaking any records this coming week. From uh, from what I've seen, anyway. Uh, <laughs> a little, little
0: insider—that's
5: called a tidbit. That's a little tidbit. There, but, <laughs> but no, uh, o man put put Texas on his shoulders and really put on a, a hell of a performance this week. Smitty, you don't think so? Yeah.
0: No, I no I do. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Smitty.
6: Yeah, he's waiting for me. Your turn's over. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Come on, DT. <laughs> man. No, guy. man, man, man. That was um. That was, that's a performance between a, a lot of great players. You know, you got people like JMJ who's on there. You got a phenomenal game through, but uh, you look at who they played and and the two interceptions and. Um, you look at all, all these factors that come into play with these things. and uh, for I gotta sort of echo what DT and, and um, Houston Freeman were talking about to, for a tight end to have 190 reception yards is just insane. Um, and when you talk about a team like EMU and well the quarterbacks almost supposed to put the team in their offense on their shoulders, to have a tight end do it is, is something extra. Um, and I just, ha- I had to go with uh Kabat on that one. It was just a phenomenal, phenomenal game by a tight end.
0: Yeah, that's exactly who, who I went for, um, as well. Uh, just because I was able to watch the game. I called the Bama and LSU game. Um, the Iowa game I watched, I know Levante Griffin had a, had a big performance, but you know, going up against NIU, Smith, um, he had a good game, but you know, just if he would have had seven touchdowns, potentially it would have been up there uh, because they would have won the game. Um, but for me, and he also had a fumble on the pitch that in overtime that cost Boise the win. I actually went with Oliver Kvbod as well. Um, I didn't think that so many people on this panel would have followed suit, um, but when I watched the game, he was the reason why texas one outside of Pepino. i mean pip had a big game just like he always does but you know he was held in check throughout most of that game and all of a sudden that fourth quarter hit and here's kabat uh running down the seam three four different times and hits him for two touchdowns and the focal point for how they got back into that game and how they got into overtime so uh big murph what about you man
1: yeah, I mean as far as Eastern Michigan let me just play Devil's Advocate real quick and and I didn't I didn't vote for him but you can only play who's on your schedule. It doesn't matter what defense is out there you have to you have to make that performance. Um if that's the defense that's lined up across from you and he did. Um so hats off to him for doing that. Um I actually voted for for JMJ and not not because what Kabat did wasn't impressive. Um, but I think that was huge for LSU and for JMJ to go out and put up those numbers. And yeah, he had the turnovers. But if LSU loses that game, they're they're sitting at zero and three, right? So their season you're looking at it being pretty much over before it gets started. So that was yeah. Plus, you would have that loss in game. conference. Exactly. So I mean, you're you're looking at that their season now trending in the right direction for them, and to have your quarterback go out and and turn that offense around their offense hadn't performed all, you know, in those first two games and they haven't been playing cupcakes by any means either. So some credit to the defenses they're playing, but for JMJ to go out there and have that performance, uh, that's why he got my vote.
0: All right. So now we got the defensive players
3: of, can I add something before we move on to defense? So if you're a player in the Mac right now, listening to the, to uh, the podcast, Make sure that you do not sleep on Terrell Allen. Uh, I was in his shoes. I was a record-breaking MAC quarterback. And when you're in the MAC, his talent level and the team's talent level match up just like it does in the CSFL, and it's just as hard to break a record. And there was... Kabat had a good performance, and he may win Player of the Week, but if... Allen does not win the player of the week. Don't sleep on him, and definitely don't sleep on him for a spot in the CSFL. So I've been in his shoes and look at where I'm at now. I'm doing really good in the CSFL, and I have a positive outlook for his future. Uh, That's an incredible game, and if the Mac sleeps on him in the future during the season, then EMU, with his performance carrying them on his shoulder like that, he might just lead them to a MAC championship, and hopefully he has an easier time getting in the CSFL than I did.
0: Uh, no, I definitely think that he'll find himself in the uh, CFSL next season, exactly what Houston said. He, he got a scholarship opportunity coming his way. Uh, but now we got the defensive players. Uh, we got the middle linebacker Christopher Britton from Tennessee who finished with 15 tackles, four tackles for a loss, and a sack in the win against Auburn. Then you had another middle linebacker. You had this time Tyrone Hall from Wisconsin, who had 14 tackles, four tackles for loss, three sacks, in the win over uh, D.T. Hall's boy, uh, Bowling Green State. Then you had corner Johnny Tipton uh, from Missouri, who had two, one tackle, two interceptions, one big interception because he returned that for a touchdown in the win over Texas AMU, and one of the reasons why they were able to shut them down offensively. Then you had the defensive end, Justin Wilson from Oklahoma State. Uh, he had eight tackles, six-fit tackles for a loss, two sacks. He was all over the place in the win over USC and one of the focal points for Oklahoma State's victory that evening. Then you had Austin Witten from Iowa, 10 tackles, seven tackles for a loss, six sacks, one forced fumble, and the win over NIU. He tied the record for most sacks in a game and tied for second in tackles for a loss for a game. Then lastly, you had Trace Jones from Boise in the losing effort. He picked up 19 tackles, six tackles for a loss. Uh, let's start with uh, Houston Freeman, since you got a guy on here. Uh, what is well, we're well. I mean, DT Hall, you got a guy in here too. But I want to get uh, Freeman's thoughts.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so really, this boiled down to uh, two guys for me. Um, and then a guy that I really wanted to vote for and then again I was kind of stuck with the same situation Um, Austin Winton from Iowa um, you know is is that unbelievable performance and I think dang it I want to vote for him but again like uh, like Big Murph said you can't control your competition and the schedule uh, but I just, it's tough for me to vote for teams that are playing a max schedule. Um, So I ended up deciding between Johnny Tipton of Mizzou with that, the two intercepts touchdown. And then uh, of course, Justin Wilson, Justin Williams for, for Oklahoma state. And uh, I just think a defensive end getting eight tackles and then six of those are tackled for loss plus two sacks. Uh, You know, you don't see it a lot. Oh, that so was, that was why I voted for Justin.
0: All right. Uh, What about DT?
5: Yeah, I kind of refused to answer this question. But I would <laughs> like to thank the Wisconsin coaching staff for making sure I finally had my, my best game of my career. And I'd like to apologize to my Bowling Green locker room for, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what like came that. of it.
0: I like that. I like that. Uh, what about, uh, ASU? Julian. Jesus, I was muted, sorry.
4: (laughs) Um, So, um, I I don't judge the, uh, going against the Mac too, too hard. Uh, I still think that's just such an impressive, um, you know, Day from Austin, I was going to vote Tipton, but I don't know, man. I just, I was really impressive to me. So I voted, I
6: voted Whitten. Uh, Smitty. All right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out here. Um, cause as a, as somebody who was a defensive end in the league, um, during my time at TAMU, um, and getting five sacks in a game while I was at TAMU put me on, you know, top five leaderboard. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to bring my player over to Miami of Ohio. Um, and TJ did not have the kind of season he did um, at Miami of Ohio that he did at um, A&M. So, you know, when I factor that in, I got to look at and say, man, it, it's just as difficult to get those sacks against a, a uh, Mac team as it is any other P3 team. Um, So, you know, I had to go with and I mean, that's just a phenomenal performance. You know, seven tackles for loss, six sacks. You, you just like those kinds of games don't happen all the time for a defensive end or any player in the league. Um, so, I mean. You just got to give credit where credit's due, and I, I think that guy definitely deserves it.
3: D'Lo. All right, I'm going to have to give it to um, Justin Williams. I mean, he's he played absolutely incredible last week. Uh, to get, I mean, eight tackles, and six of them are for tackles for a loss, and two sacks in a game, I mean... I know it's difficult to get those sacks and to tie a record for most sacks in a game. I mean, six sacks is incredible, but the way that Justin Williams played, it's not that he just got the tackles and the tackles for the loss and all that. It's not just about the stats that he had, it's what he did, and I feel like he pressured the quarterback a lot. He put USC under pressure, got in the quarterback's head a little bit, and, um he definitely paid a key factor into that defense holding USC to 30, um, a huge part of Oklahoma state's game. And I know that I'm already getting jitters in the backfield thinking about facing this guy. And, uh, I'm definitely going to be watching my back because I know he'll be prow- prowling back there. Uh, but absolutely incredible game for him. And, uh, um, definitely a guy that I'm going to be looking out for next week as a quarterback, and uh, definitely a, a, an amazing performance by him this week.
0: What uh, What about you, Murph? Well,
1: you know, as as a defensive end myself, I know you know how hard it is, you know, just just to get free and get loose to make those tackles. I can't even recall a game where I've had more than four tackles in a game. So to have eight. Tackles six in the backfield, a couple of sacks. That's a huge game, you know, so between Justin Williams, uh, you know, and Christopher Britton, 15 tackles for Tennessee, you know, we, we did that game, Jeff. And I mean, he seemed to be everywhere, you know, all game long. So those two to me are definitely, you know, one a and one B this week, as far as defensive player of the week for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I forgot who I went with. It was hard between Witten and, Uh, Williams but you know um I think I did go god I I I don't know but I think I went with Justin Williams on this one just because of the fact of how he was actually just in every sort of play at the line of scrimmage that there was USC uh like what D'Lo said the quarterback was always having to think about his, his uh his um routes that he had for his receivers and he just didn't look comfortable at all and that was Pinesaw and uh, there was a lot of uh, pressure that was coming through the edge you had uh, um, uh, Womack as well getting a couple sacks when Williams didn't so this defensive line applied some pressure that I don't think uh, really that that was the reason why that USC got the got the loss and it was a big uh, focal point as well. in just how much that Oklahoma state game plan for that uh, and against USC and completely took them out of, out of rhythm. They got the early touchdown. It looked like maybe USC might go away with this one, but then all of a sudden you had Oklahoma state and their offense just go bananas. And that was pretty much all she wrote for that one. Um, so now um, I think it's a time for me to unveil my, my top 15, Um, And then we'll get into maybe a little week four here uh, to close this one out. Um, So I only did a top 15, top 30 was way too hard. uh, And a lot of time was going to be spent on that. But at number 15, I have LSU. LSU. I think they get back in there with the win over Alabama. I think they're they're right there. They got that conference win. That's big. Having one conference win, a lot of people don't know what the tiebreakers are. It starts, it starts with your conference, and then it goes to overalls and everything else down the line. So having a conference win is big. That's why I got LSU at 15 because they got a conference win. Texas A&M, I got down at 14. Uh, they had a tough loss. Um, I think they're going to be bouncing back. Uh, so that's why I have at 14. 13. I have Florida State. They got a big win in conference play, jumping back up into that top uh, echelon of the um, CFSL. and also they got they're on a two game winning streak since they lost and they have a conference win. so uh, that's another reason. I got them at 13, number 12. Uh, I got Texas Tech. Tough loss. Uh, I don't think it should hinder them at all. They're still two and one. Uh, they did lose in conference, so that oh oh and one in conference is kind of kind of risky right now. But you know uh, that's why right now it's conference play all the way until the end. Then I have uh, Wisconsin at number eleven. Uh, you got a play who was on your schedule, and they've been getting some wins here the last couple couple uh, games for them. Uh, number ten, I have Boise. Tough loss um, in overtime and. I do still think that out of the teams that lost last week that they are still a top 15 team. It was just a spot of where I wanted to move them down to, so I had them at 10. Number 9, I have USC, another tough loss. They were number 3, number 4 last week, so I have them just above Boise State and the teams that lost last week because I think that USC is still a good team. Um, Oregon, number 8. Definitely think that that wasn't the... Kind of. I don't think that was the best Oregon that we saw because remember they went for it instead of kicking it and that came back and bite them because then Notre Dame was able to run out the clock. Uh, then I got Florida in number seven. There since that loss they've been looking really good. They just took out Washington who had a pretty good defense and coming into play a lot of people were like, oh yeah, could they do it against the top defense? Well Florida's offense went out and they did that and they just walked down the line. Uh number 6 I have Texas big time win um moving up back up the ranks since they were down last week. Number 5 I have Oklahoma State uh just moving back up uh ever so slightly uh based on everybody that's ahead of them I think Oklahoma State of the two and one teams they're one of, they're the better one between them and Texas so that's why they're at number 5. Number 4 Miami still haven't lost yet so They just move up in the place. I I do think that um, we're kind of sleeping on them a little bit, but their offense looks really nice. Uh, Defense still got some work to do, but like we saw against uh, Nebraska, they were able to close it down, although they almost did throw that game away, uh, if not for uh, Nebraska not knowing the clock situation. Number three, Missouri uh, keep moving up. I do think that they can go anywhere with these ADs between one and three uh, they're undefeated they look really good uh, they haven't really slowed down offensively as well. defense looks really nice. they're a top defense in the CFSL and anybody that doesn't think that Missouri is up there uh, you better watch out because you got another thing coming Missouri looks really tough this year. Number two I got Oklahoma you know you keep moving keep winning you keep moving up so I got OU sitting at number two looking pretty. That means the number one is Notre Dame. Well, they haven't lost yet. Their defense looks solid. Maybe not as solid as some of the other teams on this list, but they definitely have a top fifteen defense, top ten defense, I would say. So uh, they look really good. So that is my top fifteen, Dilo. I know you did one as well. Do you want to run through it
3: real quick? Uh, well, I Where? will. Just just to save time, I'll just run through yeah. the teams that I had in the top three. Okay. Um, so I actually didn't have, I, I had Missouri at number three. So I agreed with you there. Uh, they're looking really good and they're looking really solid. And, uh, I definitely believe that if people sleep on them, like they have been, I mean, they're not talked about much. Uh, they could definitely sneak themselves into contention for the national championship this year. And uh, I actually have Notre Dame at number two. Wow. Okay. Th- yeah, they 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 didn't impress as much as I'd like a number one team to impress me. They they've been doing good this season, and they're solid, and they definitely have a good outlook for the rest of their season. I mean, they could go undefeated, but there were some quirks in there that I saw against Oregon that I think might be able to be exploited. And I definitely believe that Notre Dame's a little more vulnerable than the team that I have at number one. And the team that I have at number one is Oklahoma. And uh, I talked a lot of crap pregame, before the Oklahoma game, and uh, boy did it come back to bite me because Oklahoma was just so solid throughout the game. Uh, The defense did incredible For granted, Tech had a couple drop passes that really were a turning point in the game. But their offense was just on it all game long, and they look very strong. And uh, I have to put Oklahoma at number one over Notre Dame. Uh, It's surprising, for sure, to a lot of people, I bet. But I feel like Oklahoma, if they played Notre Dame next week, they would definitely edge them out.
0: Wow. Oh, I like that. Okay. All
3: right. I appreciate that. <laughs> I definitely appreciate that. I will, I will take it. Yeah, you're <laughs> welcome, Julian. <laughs> no, it pains me to say it, but after you guys destroyed me last week, I mean, I think I owe you something after all that crap talk, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got me those cool emojis, though.
3: Yeah, yeah, all the cool emojis. <laughs> all
0: right, so we're, we're almost done here, but quickly, uh, let's go through um, – I don't know if anybody's had a chance to look at the schedule, uh, but uh, Murph, I know we're going to be on a couple calls here uh, this week upcoming. Uh, What's a, what's a key game that you're looking forward to watching or calling this week? I mean,
1: outside of of the Miami Alabama game for obvious reasons. um, LSU Tennessee is, is very intriguing. Both of them now coming off of big wins from last week. Uh, Somebody's got to keep that momentum going and somebody's season could start to come to a premature end if you know if they a loss here could start to derail that. So again, that game is intriguing. And then you got the to close out uh, or well on Friday night it doesn't close out the week but uh, Missouri Nebraska Nebraska obviously. In in kind of heartbreaking fashion, uh, lost in week three. Um, Missouri, we all know, is really good. You guys have them in your top three. I don't agree with where you guys have Miami. Um, But uh, Missouri is going to have a a big challenge there on the road against Nebraska. So those are kind of the two outside of my own game that I'm looking forward to seeing the most.
0: All right, what about uh, you, Houston? What's a a game you're looking forward to uh, outside of your own?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the uh, Auburn Florida State game. Auburn's one and two, and Florida State's two and one. Um, that has huge uh, SEC implications. Auburn's already zero and one uh, with that loss to Tennessee this week. Um, so you know, is this finally the season that Florida State you know kind of gets over the hump? They get you know if, if Florida State's sitting at three and one, uh, that's huge. Um, I I don't I can't remember what their are what their conference record is looks like they're one and zero right be, now. So be they beat
0: Clemson in week two.
2: That's correct. So you know they could be right on the heels of Miami, and uh, I'll touch real quick on that. That I actually have Miami ranked a little lower than you did in your top fifteen. Um, cool. I think they're three and zero, but I think they might find some trouble down the road. We'll see.
0: oh uh let's get ASU. What's uh what's the game you're looking forward to? Not of your own though.
4: Yeah, I was gonna talk about the Auburn Florida state one too. It's interesting, but to just switch it up a little bit, I wanna see what um Oregon does against Ohio State. Are they gonna bounce back or are they gonna, you know, just stay in this little funk that they're in?
0: DT Hall, get you in here real quick.
5: Uh Red River Saturday, because it's Red River and <laughs> whether it's in real life or even here. The, come on, Julian. Don't let me down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I like that. Um, Hook em horns. Hook em horns. Hook them Oh, wow. Wow. Well,
2: he
4: has You, you better be
3: win, ready. Julian, because I just ranked you number one. So if you blow <laughs> it, I'm going to be.
4: Man. <laughs> no, no pressure, we'll Julian. We'll no be, we'll pressure. No, we'll be ready. We'll be ready.
0: A <laughs> bit. uh smitty what's a game that you're looking forward to man outside your own
4: yeah um
6: i'm i'm a dt on this it's the rubber showdown you know this is this is football <laughs> and when you talk about instant classic games um great rivalries that's just one that sits at the top you know um so definitely interested in watching that one you know and you know so only the 80s in here know um but we did a well. I worked on, for the most part, in the last two or three days, been working on a, a, a power rankings index, yep. and you um, know, you know, Jeff, um, a lot of the teams that you got uh, in your top fifteen uh, are there. Um, LSU's not happy with where they're in at with the the rent uh, index, but. Uh, <laughs> hey i mean when you, um, when you
0: take a look at the stats and whatnot when you take a look at like their defense their offense they're like middle of the road
6: they are they are and so you know that that's where this power ranking index comes in factors i like, in I like that the, i like anything that has to do with stats man it factors in the strength of schedule factors in your offensive performance your defensive performance um so a lot of goes into it Kudos to your top fifteen. You did really, really well there.
0: Hey, that's all I need. I got the stamp of approval from Smitty, so everybody can just go, go off. You get out of here. It's, yeah, you can't really
3: say that word on here, Jeff. It's a
0: wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's it's Vince Carter at the slam dunk contest. It's no contest. I just got the stamp of approval. Um, so we D'Lo, did you go yet? On what game you're looking forward to seeing?
3: Uh, no, uh, has anybody else, uh, went, has everybody else me. went or yeah, am I, I last?
0: Think it, I, yeah, it's myself. I'll go last, but you can go.
3: Okay. So I actually have three that I'm going to run through really quickly. All right. Um, LSU at Tennessee, um, LSU has not looked good all season, but they turned it around last week and, uh, they impressed me last week. And Tennessee is a team that has been impressing so far this season. And I think Tennessee has a lot to prove. So both these teams have a lot to prove. Uh, I'm interested to see if LSU can continue this bounce back and beat Tennessee. Or if Tennessee can keep on this hot streak that they're on right now and take down LSU. And I guess we'll see if LSU is real or not after next week. Um, I'm looking at Clemson and Florida. Florida's offense has been absolutely incredible so far. Um, I mean, I think they put up 105 points against the MAC team, didn't they?
6: That would be correct. Yeah. All
3: right. uh, right. Yeah. uh, So 105 points is absolutely incredible, and uh, to score what 73 last week, I believe it was. Um, This offense.
6: Forty-nine against Washington. Okay, okay.
3: Um so this this offense is on an onslaught and uh I want to see how they do against Clemson because if there's another amazing offensive performance, I mean if we see 50 points, 60 points out of Florida's offense, uh there's no doubt in my mind that these guys are going to be making a national championship run with those kind of offensive numbers. I mean that that is absolute powerhouse numbers. I haven't seen that before. And if they keep doing that, then they're gonna be a threat. And the final game I'm looking at is Oklahoma at Texas. Um, obviously rivalry game, uh, big game for both teams. Uh, Oklahoma, I rank them number one. Uh, I'm really hoping that they pull it off against Texas. Uh, nothing against Texas, uh, but Oklahoma has a lot to prove this week to prove that they are a national championship contention team. Uh, They have to prove that they deserve that number one spot uh, because Jeff's trying to lowball them a little bit with that second place. And uh, I'd like to see them come out, dominate Texas, and prove that they deserve that number one ranking.
0: All right. I like that. I'm not lowballing them, it's just that they, <laughs> Notre Dame beat the number one team and they're still yeah. undefeated, so they were number like three coming in or number four coming in, something like that. Number two, I think, and so I just move them up. Uh, yeah. But a game that I'm looking forward to this week is the Boise State-Texas. A- oh, no, that's my own. Um, <laughs> I, was just, I was speaking of – I'm an analyst, but, yeah, that's uh, – I'm going to have to go – man, So all of them. I do – I know it's been talked about. I want to see this uh, this Wisconsin and USC game. Um, it's gonna be probably one of the tougher matchups of the week and it's happening on Wednesday at 7 p.m. You have USC who had a tough loss to Oklahoma State. How are they going to bounce back after their first loss of the season? Meanwhile Wisconsin they've been rocking and rolling since their loss. Uh, they beat um, with Michigan and they got their conference win and now they're taking on their second conference opponent after taking out Bowling Green last week. So now it's what Wisconsin team are we going to see? Are we going to see one that struggled in that first half against Bowling Green, or are we going to see one that's going to come out and play like they did against Michigan for all four quarters? This is going to be an interesting matchup. And also USC, they need to start out a little bit better, need to uh, need to capitalize on these drives, can't go three and out uh, uh for consecutive drives at a time. Cause that's what hurt them against Oklahoma state. So I think that the Wisconsin USC game is going to be one that is probably flying under the radar a little bit uh, for some of the people watching and listening. Uh, so that one might be a good one. Uh, but if uh, anybody has got anything to add to close this one out,
3: can I please yeah, yeah. get a break in the backfield? I'm playing two really good defensive <laughs> Like defensive lines, back to back weeks and uh no I'd like to bring it to the attention of the CSFL. Uh, I would like a slightly uh less less stressful time in the backfield. Uh, I feel like it's definitely hurting my studies at Texas Tech, uh being having nightmares with these defensive ends all the time. So uh well, you think I well, can to
0: What was that? prepare using? to flunk out? <laughs>
3: <laughs> No so love I, yeah, that there. would be appreciated if y'all could give me a
6: break back there. <laughs> <laughs> for, look, you Miami. got wheels for a reason. Use them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I used them at Miami. I think that uh, I think I should bring them out again, shouldn't I?
6: <laughs> Absolutely. Anybody but, else? Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I got one thing. You know, yeah, um, so you know, you know I, so it's it's ADs like Houston Freeman that that made me want to be an AD in this league. It's it's a passion for the team that you have. Um, in real life that you can bring over to the team that 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 you're in charge of um within the CFSL. die hard fan grew up 30 minutes from Gainesville um so taking over Florida was just almost seemed right in my mind um but more importantly is the passion that you have for the players on that team and, you know and, and so you know Houston when you come on and you first talked about your, your player ethan Martin out there um on, on his the verge of, of Breaking a, a um, career record is um, kudos to you for for being invested into your players the way that you are. Stupid um, alarm. Um, so, you know, one is, is that, and then two is, um, you know, I'm gonna follow suit with you, brother. I'm gonna talk about about two players on my team real quick that that are on pace to break some records. Um, and one is Levi teams, who's who's Perfect. at 10 touchdown receptions for the season. Uh, he only needs six more in five games. Sits more in five games.
4: <laughs> <laughs> just just, up,
0: just pray for it, right?
6: We're, we're praying for it. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to to make sure that happens for him. Um, and then the other one that I, I don't think people notice or are talking about yet is you've got Ronnie Blevin sitting at 24 passing touchdowns in the season and single season records 42. And we got five games left, guys. He's averaging eight passing touchdowns a game. Crazy, man. So, just want to throw it out there.
4: You know, and
6: Houston, again, I appreciate everything that you do for your for your squad. Um, and, you know, trying to keep them uh, first and foremost in, in your thoughts whenever you're, you're game planning and, and recruiting and, and everything that's associated with what we do. Thank you. I appreciate that Smitty. That's,
2: uh, it's always good to hear from, from other guys that I respect. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes we, we we talk about all the players and, and all that stuff in league chat and podcast and all that. And, but, uh, I think we forget to encourage each other as ADs. I know PAC tries to do that a lot for all of us, but, uh, you know, I appreciate all you guys that are in ADs in here as well. And, um, Smitty, I hope I hope you guys have a good season, but uh, you know, not as good as mine.
3: <laughs> Smitty, <laughs> I, I I love how Smitty talks him up there. Uh, when when I made the decision that I was going to go back to being an AD, um, I was thinking about what kind of an AD I wanted to be. And being on that Miami Ohio team, I have to say that my biggest influence in being an AD um a lot of the recruiting strategies that I now know a lot of me being a team player today is because of Smitty um the kind of leadership that he had at Miami Ohio and the kind of leadership that he taught me has made me a really good team leader and um i i would really like to be just as good as an AD as him uh he's such incredible with his players uh he really makes the recruiting experience amazing and i like how he talks about other ad's like that it's just like how he talks to his players in the locker room even the recruits he's going after i mean he makes it really personal and uh that i would like to just shout out smitty i mean he's an absolutely incredible guy and uh, i was blessed to be with him and uh, i'm looking forward to hopefully being just as good as an ad as him um if that's possible, so.
0: anybody else always gotta, Oh, anybody else got a shout out?
5: Yeah, I'd like to shout out everybody in the Bowling Green locker room. I'm glad they finally all came on board. I mean, when I took it over, it seemed like it was pretty dead in the water with four guys, but I think we've got a pretty good shot going forward to hopefully put up some wins and build on build on what we've built on so far.
3: I'm pulling for you, DT. As a former BG quarterback, man, I I wish to see you guys succeed since I don't have Miami, Ohio on the Mac anymore. So good luck with your season. Make us Falcons proud. Oh, we're trying. We'll do our best.
0: ASU?
4: Um, I mean, just everybody in the podcast, y'all are all awesome. Even
3: you, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> appreciate even, you, that.
4: even you, Jeff.
3: I appreciate that. <laughs> even Jeff. <laughs>
5: Wait a minute, wait a minute. The last time I heard ASU on a podcast, that's not what he said at all.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, except for DT. My bad. You're right. Uh, well,
5: we're good.
0: Murph, you got any shout-outs?
1: Uh, well, I might as well shout you out, Jeff. You know, I appreciate working with you in the booth You know, every week. Um, you always keep me at the top of my game. Um, but then a big shout-out to the Hurricane locker room, too. You know, we – We had to come in and turn some things around from last year, uh, working on our our third AD in three years now, three seasons, I should say. And um, this locker room, full of a bunch of great guys, uh, really appreciate all of them. Always engaged in chat in the locker room, a bunch of them that are always engaged in the league chat as well. Uh, And and I know uh, we've started to build some things, and and we're only going to get better out there in the Miami.
0: I'm actually going to shout out, uh, horns, uh, because, uh, he's been doing baby duty. Uh, so shouting him out, hopefully he could come back on this podcast and help me out here a little bit. Now I need a fricking vacation. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, that's my shout out. Also. Um, I want. I mean, Dalton, uh, also known as Ryan Smith. Uh, no, it was a tough loss, uh, but he's been bouncing back and, uh, the the whole Boise locker rooms uh, been still chirping it up a little bit so that's good to that's good to see and hopefully we could turn it around against a tough uh, Texas A and M squad uh, but without further ado appreciate everybody coming on we had ASU Julian the AD for Oklahoma we had DLo also known as Curtis Andrews as player he's he was on here as well for Texas uh, Texas Tech DT thanks Hall. for having me on appreciate it, man we had DT Hall from Lola Bowling Green, and also Wisconsin, and Smitty, the AD from, or co-AD from Florida. And uh, for Big Murph, I'm Jeff Melanesha. I appreciate everybody listening. This one will be out tonight, so if you are on Spotify, make sure you subscribe so you get the updated episodes, and also I will post it, uh, again, in user content as well. So, appreciate everybody. Have a good night, and we'll see you guys next time.
4: Horns down.